Wow, where did May go? I'm Joel, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jason. So Jason, oh man, I think con season is officially up- upon us here. Yes. And I think we're going to talk quite a bit of con stuff today. Yes. I am pretty excited, actually. This is the most exciting episode for me in the past couple. I mean, if you listen to the last couple episodes... I guess I'll just a little bit apologize. Like you were wasting your time. It's no good. <laughs> I think this will be good though. I think it was fine. And yeah, this is your first Origins, right? Yeah, it is. That you're gonna have so much fun. Origins is amazing. Yeah, I'm so um, excited for Origins that I'm not even positive that I'm gonna go to Gen Con for more than a day. Like I don't know. I just get ang- anxious when I'm in like huge, massive crowds of people. So I'm thinking about just doing the origins thing because I know it's not as overbearing, um, and then and then maybe doing a day of Gen Con. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way about Gen Con. I I want to go for a day just to try it out, but man, Origins is the perfect amount of people. I love it. Yeah, I I've never been like I said, but everything I've heard says the aisles are nice and wide. You're not constantly rubbing into other people, and um, I don't know. It feels like a more family friendly kind of cool event. So. Anyway, if you're interested in Origins today uh, or this year, uh, we're going to do a little preview of that today. Yep, for sure. But first, let's check out some news. All right. So first up on news is a game I found on Kickstarter, and I think it's actually kind of an interesting theme, and it is called King of Khan. It's by Lega Nerd. And essentially what you're doing is you're trying to go to a con. It can be any kind of convention. I think it's actually like a comic book convention. You're going there and you're trying to buy as much stuff as you can to have the coolest like collection at the end of the game. It seems silly. It's a cool theme. And I'm surprised we actually haven't done more themes like that. But it's currently on Kickstarter and it's going for 29 bucks. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. It actually sounds a little bit like the meta part of it sounds a little like millennium blades honestly uh, millennium blades is a pretty cool game where you're doing like booster packs and building decks and then going to tournaments so um i don't know it sounds kind of cool i have to check this one out yeah it, it does seem kind of like that yeah for sure uh, the next one i didn't even think was a real game at first but <laughs> it's called itchy monkey a battle of lice so what you're trying to do it's by black box adventures and what you're trying to do is you're trying to spread your lice colonies from one monkey to another. And you're trying to be the one that has the biggest colony of lice on other monkeys. And you're doing that by moving one monkey next to another one to have some of your your lice jump off of that one to get on the other one. And you're trying to make sure that other people who have a lot of lice, you can go like pick them all off and discard them so they have to start over with their lice colony. It's weird. It's interesting. And I wanted to talk about it. And it's also $26 on Kickstarter right now. Does it have minis? No, it has discs with like pictures on it, like cardboard coaster looking things and like circle wooden pieces. I ask if it has minis because I'm fearful this one won't fund. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's it's completely ridiculous, but I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, speaking of completely ridiculous, what's Plan B Games up to? Uh, they have Giant Azul, and it can be yours for the small, small price of $300. Oh, my gosh. I guess they're doing one of those um, T500 pre-order things that GMT does. So if they can't get 500 of them, they're not going to print it. 
or they won't print till they get 500 or however that works. So kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, it looks kind of cool that each person has like a standard size board from like a board game. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. They're filling up. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't 300 bucks, I think it would be cool. But man, I'd just play regular Azul for 40 bucks and be happy with it. Yeah. I totally agree. I don't, I mean, my money's limited. I'm not going to spend 300 bucks. That's, that's like 10 games. Right, that's like a third of my year's <laughs> budget, or maybe even more, probably closer to half of my budget for a year for board games. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. All right, and then Renegade is printing some more money for the Clank series, and they're doing <laughs> the first expansion for Clank in space called Apocalypse. I mean, I'm not going to explain more about it. It's Clank, so probably more cards, more bad guys, new board probably, but yeah. For the, for the space one. Well, Clank's a series that all the expansions so far have been pretty good. Yeah, that's And expanding true. something with cards in it, is it makes sense that you add more cards, you know? Right. So I, I, I think I'm down with it, honestly. Yeah, I haven't played Clank in space yet, but I, I really want to, because I really like Clank, and I heard the space one was a little better, so I need to try I, it. I haven't played regular Clank yet, so um, the only differences I know are the modular board, for sure. Right. And then um, I think that the... I think there's a couple things where... Renegade said they learned a couple things from Clank and changed up Clank in space a little bit. Uh, like made it a little more, I think, um, harder to run out. Yeah. You can't do yeah. the snatch and grab on it. So, uh, there's like a basically in order for you to unlock the second half of the ship, you have to explore the ship for a certain amount of time. Right. So you're going to have to build a deck at least somewhat before you can just grab the stuff and get out. Um, but I really do enjoy that game. And like every card that you get has some kind of inside joke to uh, some space movie. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I, right. I mean, because they, they probably really wanted the theme at Star Trek, but of course you can't do that. So, Well, it's got Star Wars stuff in it and it's got Star Trek stuff in it. Oh, really? And like the, the cards yeah. that are like weak and like disposable all have red shirts on them, <laughs> like in the, like Star Trek characters. That's awesome. It's pretty funny. I, I like it quite a bit. That's cool. Um, Pretty cool. All right. So I think you have some stuff that you wanted to talk about. So have at it. Yeah. Well, um, I saw this on Kickstarter too. Um, it's in the category of do we really need this news? And it's Jetpack Joyride has a board game version now. So like a little tappy app where you fly through a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. Has a board. It's like not even a remotely strategic game. It's totally an arcade type game. And now it has a board game of it coming out i don't understand uh anyway i'm gonna give it a hard pass but man it already has so much hype yeah. i don't understand it at all it looks like a tetris game too from the pieces but one yeah. color which is weird yeah I, i'm guessing i don't know maybe not but like you have to fly in between barricades and avoid things on on the little ios game so i'm wondering if Somehow those Tetris pieces come out like randomly and you have to figure out how to use movement or something to get around them. I don't know. I, I just, man, honestly, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me at all. And I don't know. I had, I had somebody kind of mentioned to me, they're like, yeah, you and Jason are kind of becoming a singularity on like opinions and board games. Well, I mean, like that's, I don't think that's true. One, but two, it's because that's what's happening in board games right now. Yeah. I, I feel like the Ameritrash stuff is just stagnant and dead i mean like 
how many zombicides do we need? You know, I mean, and they haven't done anything revolutionary with that system in a long time. Oh, it's in it's in the olden times now. You know, I mean, like I don't know. And you have Starcadia Quest now, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another great example of them coming out with something new and original there, right? No, and I mean, like you can't. I mean, you can only do Chuck Dice and you know, like encounter cards, so many ways. So I don't know. I mean, and the other thing too is, I feel like. I don't, I'm not trying to bash anybody who lives in Ameritrash games because I, I like Ameritrash games. I mean, like, I do really enjoy some Ameritrash games out there for sure. But you play one, you've kind of played them all to a degree. I mean, and I, I know that's probably going to cause people to get mad and hateful, but I mean, the integration of Euro mechanics into Ameritrash games, like, look at your games like Blood Rage. Um, I mean, stuff like that. Even Gloomhaven. I mean, Gloomhaven is like the thematic game that has come out in the last two years. It's got pretty heavy card play and no, I don't know. It's No dice. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, you and I like really do enjoy a lot of the same stuff and don't enjoy some of the same stuff. But I think it's because we kind of both have a, a uh, like... I don't know, uh, a careful look at this stuff and say what's new and what's interesting, you know? And I don't know. I, well, and again, we talk about miniatures being thrown into every Kickstarter. I mean, that just, I don't know. It just feels like they have to do that to some degree to try and get people engaged. Yeah. And honestly, I never played a bunch of games that were Ameritrash outside of like Risk. And then my first experiences of, you know, good games were like Catan and other games that were Euros. So I just, started liking those and I never really, and I don't have any friends really that play a bunch of Ameritrash. So that's part of it too, I think. Well, and to me personally, I've played Descent. I've played, you know, all those types of games. And I mean, like after you play Descent for a while or, you know, uh, Super Dungeon Explorer, you know, Mice and Mystics, like those are fun because they're really nicely guided and you have like a template you're following and going through this adventure with other people. And it really is a fun experience with people. But I think once you get to the point where you're comfortable with that, then you move into like tabletop, you know, RPG stuff. And that's kind of the next step. I just want to, I had one more thing I wanted to mention before you go into the one other thing you wanted to say. Um, I also wanted to say that vast, the haunted manor or something like that, is also on Kickstarter now, which is a standalone sequel, add some new characters and some new powers. So if you're interested in Vast and you like asymmetric player powers and the most asymmetric game ever, go give that one a check out too. And you get to play as the uh, atmosphere, the air inside of the cave with this. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. The air, a big spider. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not – and like with our Ameritrash conversation just a minute ago, I like I – don't judge people who play Ameritrash. I don't think like poorly of them. I don't think, hey, why would you ever play that stuff? I mean, I do really enjoy it. And I think when you have the right group, it's some of the most fun gaming you can have. But I don't know. I just feel like there's been a lot more innovation and a lot more like with the blending of the two genres, there's been a lot of innovation in the last few years. And then there's just been a lot more Euro designs that are kind of changing how we do things. And I don't know. So anyway, I guess I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to make anybody think, you know, oh, these guys are anti Ameritrash or whatever. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like when you're talking about where new and innovative gameplay is coming from, it doesn't come from rolling dice and going through a, a you know, board other than save kingdom death monster. Um, I mean, and even that is the integration of a lot of, you know, 
resource gathering and building and stuff, which makes it more interesting and different too, you know? So Right. And it has some RPG elements too, so Right. So anyway, I whatever. <laughs> that was a that was a weird rant to be on in the middle of news, but <laughs> whatever. That's what we do. Uh, much more sombering news, like in kind of actually getting serious here for a minute, which we don't do very well very often. Uh, Total Biscuit passed away this last week, and I don't know if you know who that was, Jason. Um, he was mostly a Litz player for video game stuff. He went by Cynical Brit, but he's this is relative to us because we're gamers. Um, but he died at 33 years old from cancer. Pretty sad. Um, he had been battling it for a long time, but uh, the community really will be sad that he's lost. And if you don't know who he is or haven't watched him. His series of secret Hitler playthroughs, uh, though not a hundred percent like listen to it with your four year old kind of thing, um, is definitely something that is pretty interesting to watch and be a part of. Um, so it's been a long battle and he fought really hard and did pass away. So, uh, RIP total biscuit. Yeah. I, I never heard of him until they started talking about him passing away, mostly because I think he was a video game guy and I don't watch a lot of that, but. Yeah, I do need to go check him out and see what he was all about so I can get a little flavor of the Total Biscuit. Well, and I did video game Let's Plays for a season of my life, so I admire you know him and PewDiePie and some of these other big guys. Right. But, I mean, he was a pioneering guy in that whole genre, too. And I think the Let's Play thing is changing the scope of how young people do media. So, um, a big loss. Okay, Jason. Well, so we're definitely called to the new on our show. Like we're all about those brand new games. So Jason, what brand new game did you play this last weekend? I played a brand new game from the early 1900s called (laughs) Pit. So I I think most people know what Pit is, but in case you don't. You know what? You might be surprised. If people aren't from the Midwest, they may not know. Well, that's true. That is a good point. I mean, I take it for granted because I live in Ohio, but (laughs) yeah, that's true. So what Pit is, it's like a stock market simulation, we use that term for a lack of a better term, game where you're trying to trade cards with other people so you can get all of the same type of resource of goods in your hands. So like if you're collecting natural gas, you are trying to say three, 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 three with someone else who's also wants to trade three cards so you can try to get more natural gas cards in your hand to be able to ring this awesome little bell to close the market and score some points. And that's the entire you- game. If you end up with the bull, you're happy, and the bear, you're not. Is that how it is? I forget. Sorta. If you if you have ten cards, because two people after the dealer have ten cards. If you also have nine cards and the bull, you get double your score. But if you get stuck with the bull and you don't also have every other card that you need, you lose twenty points, and you always lose twenty points with the bear. Yeah, and. and that's the whole game. So anybody can go pick up some cards and go play that right now. That's how easy it is. It's gamer old made. <laughs> kind of, yes. And like, I don't even like the game, but it's one of those games where you're just playing with with friends. So you're you're enjoying the interaction and the after the game's over, like, man, you jerk, you had my gold that I needed and you would never trade with me and that type of stuff. It's fun. It's silly. Go check it out if you haven't played it. I don't know if I played like a super Midwestern version of this game or whatever, but I remember it having like barley in it and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's the old one. The new one has like more modern stuff like platinum, um, natural gas, oil. That's the one we have because we couldn't find the old one. Well, and I mean like the fun part about this game 
is there's one resource nobody's doing for like the first half of the game. <laughs> That's true. So it's like you go to trade three cards and you're giving them two <laughs> barley and like the bear and they give you like one barley and two corn or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it's just, and then finally someone figures out, oh, nobody wants barley. So I'll just start taking all the barley, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I hate is almost every single time I get dealt like two sets of four. So I have to pick which one I want to go with. And then every time I trade off, what someone else gives me in the trade every single time. And it's yeah. just so irritating. <laughs> it's a good game. I mean, like, it's a game that we're still playing and it's 100 years old. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's getting reprinted for a reason. It's a good time. And you can play, I think, eight yep. people or something. Yeah, so you can play a bunch of people with it and it's fun. Well, Jason, I played some of the new hotness. I played Rook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I did play Crystal Clans though, and that game, I love Summoner Wars a lot. Like, Summoner Wars, um, I mean, like, hey, listen, Ameritrash people, I'm gonna say Summoner Wars is good. Um, it really is a good game, and, um, it feels like miniatures on a board. Well, this one feels like they took the spirit of Summoner Wars and they put it into like a MOBA game. So it's pretty cool. In some ways, it's a little lighter than Summoner Wars. In other ways, it's a little heavier. The coolest thing about it though is like, you don't, have like you take a turn, I take a turn. You have turn order based on the number of resources and go back and forth. So if you do a really big move where you have like, I don't know, let's say you put out, you know, like you buy something that costs like nine. Well, then it slides into my area to the nine. So then, and then there's a middle area that kind of overlaps. So then I can do like up to like maybe 11 or 12 um, different actions before it becomes your turn again. Actually, more than that, because I could push you way into yours. So, like, you don't want to do too much, but you want to do enough at the right times. Because if you do a ton, then the other person gets a ton of things they can do, too. So, um, and, like, summoning other things and whatever. And then the whole point of the game is to get enough crystals to win the game. Uh, I think it's four. Uh, and you get the crystals by, like, controlling a couple waypoints and then just buying them by spending a ton of money. So, it's kind of a cool catch-up mechanism that... When you buy these big crystals, you uh, basically give the other person a lot of chance to do some actions and make up. And the game that I played ended up being 3-4. And I think he won, uh, played with one of the, the riveted, and um, he won. And I think if he hadn't won on the turn he won, like I was going to probably be close to being able to get it the next one or, or turn after. So it was a really pretty well balanced game i i really like it um i do own summoner wars though with like every card that you can get in summoner wars and so as far as if i'm gonna get this game or not it was in the sale on cool stuff for 30 bucks and i was really tempted but i was like ah i think i'll just play other people's copy um maybe get in trade someday but it's it was a really fine game i mean like it definitely feels like an updated summoner wars with a moba feel to it so that's crystal clans is that only a two-player game yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, not that I would probably play it because it's strictly just attacking the other player, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's positioning your little troops to your squads, but it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it lo- I, I really like the way it looks. It's a beautiful looking game. And ha- if I didn't have an aversion to any kind of attacking at all, I'd give it a go. But yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It's, it sounds cool. I just, Sim- well, simultaneous attacks too. So like, when you do attack somebody, they attack you back. So usually, like, things kind of come out in the wash. I mean, like... Oh, that's true. That's I cool. don't know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, neat game, though. Hmm. 
Well, hey, Jason, uh, this next part here is where we, um, for the first time in the history of the show, get a bunch of unlikes because of what we're about to say, I think. <laughs> Only, yeah, Z Garcia is not going to be happy with us, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, boy, we're about to be so brave. <laughs> All right, Jason, well, let's talk about this. <sighs> just, just uh... here, just let me pull the band aid off. Here, I'll okay. just, I'll just Go get ahead. into it. All right, so today we're going to give a wrench rating to the game that is a lot of gamers' gateway games, and it is called Pandemic. Yep, Pandemic. (laughs) Okay, Jason, well, how far into board gaming were you when you played Pandemic for the first time? Uh, This is going to sound crazy, but I think I played it like two years ago, and then I just played it, I played it one time so far this year, so I've only ever played it twice. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty honest of you. Um, I like this is weird. Pandemic's a fine game, but I'm just such a contrarian that I'm not, I don't know. I don't like it anymore. I just don't. I mean, I had, I've bought two copies of this game because I had the old copy with like the stack of burning bodies on it. <laughs> yeah, people burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have, I think I still have it actually somewhere. And then, I have the new edition because I wanted all the expansions and my wife really loves this game. Like she just, she does cause it's, it's kind of simple and it's like, you know, not even conflict to the point where you play against each other, but basically pandemic's a game that you, I'm going to start. I mean, like I'm assuming everybody knows this, but like, let's just do a 30 second. What is pandemic here? Pandemic's basically a puzzle um, that you play cooperatively with other players and you're trying to stop this disease from spreading using an action allocation system and working cooperatively with the other players. And then each person has this kind of a special power. Um, it's, you know, the game's, I think, probably at least 10 years old now. And to me, I'm just going to say this right now, it hasn't held up that well. I think it's a fine game, but it's like Dominion kind of, in that, you know, I played Dominion 50 to 100 times. And for you to play a game 50 to 100 times, it's got to be a pretty great game. I've played Pandemic at least 30 or 40 times, so it's got to be a pretty good game to play it 30 or 40 times. But as far as my recommendation of it for today, with all the options that are out there, man, I can't give it to it. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, Pandemic has done some original things that, you know, no other game did at the time. Like the the way that it, the cards come out of the deck, and then when you hit an epidemic, you have to shuffle all the cards that already came out and put them back on yeah. top. I mean, that's crazy. It just makes it so much harder. But yeah, I agree. It's I've played in both the plays I played. It either seems super easy or it seems super hard, depending on how the cards come out. And I, I don't know. I guess I just want more consistency. I either want you to be super hard all the time or well, be easy all the time. And the game is basically abstract. That, that's my, in my issue, opinion. I like I don't feel like. You're actually doing anything to fight diseases. I think you're just pulling cubes off of a board, off an array on a map, you know? I mean, I don't know. The theme doesn't get through. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because my personal – if I had the choice between playing this or Flashpoint Fire Rescue, I'm going to pick Flashpoint Fire Rescue every time. And they're really similar games in a lot of ways. Um, They're both about being – I mean, they're both pretty early cooperative games. And they're both about being heroic, helping professions, trying to help people. And they're both about minimizing this damage that's spreading through something. But in Flashpoint, the die rolls randomly just generate where the fire's at. 
all the time. So it can be really good or really bad. Um, but also with Flashpoint, you just really do feel like you're getting into a house and trying to pull people out. So I don't know. I, that's one of many other cooperative games that I would rather play now instead of just base pandemic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think part of my issue is too that I don't really like cooperative games. I have a couple other ones like commissioned, uh, the captain is dead. And I mean, they're okay. I enjoy them, but I guess I would just rather play something where I'm contributing to my own win or my own loss, not other people's or helping me to win or lose. That sounds weird, but I don't know. I just don't enjoy cooperative games as much. And that's not a fault of pandemic. That's my own issue, but pandemic's taking the fall for that because it's a cooperative game. (laughs) I mean, there's definitely a time where I would have been like, oh yeah, pandemic is definitely a Hall of Fame game. I mean, six years ago, probably, but, um, if I had right. the choice right now, I w- and you said, "Hey, you need to play a cooperative game," there's probably f- at least four games off the top of my head that I would rather play than that one. Um, and it's because there's been some added mechanisms that have come into cooperative games, like a trader mechanic, um, and you know, just some other more thematic things that have come out with cooperative games lately that just have kind of dumped this one, kind of left it in the past. So for me personally. My number one favorite cooperative game is Black Orchestra. I love that game. Um, and I think it doesn't do anything worse than Pandemic. I think that Pandemic is a much lighter game, so it's more accessible. But I, if I were going to play a cooperative game with someone, every time it's going to be, it's going to be Black Orchestra. I mean, versus this game. So I don't know. Let's, I guess let's get to our wrenches here. Uh, components wise for me, Jason, the components are fine. I'm going to give it four wrenches. The art's fine. The cubes are fine. There's nothing to write home about, but it's not bad either. There's no bad components in it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my, my version, well, I, I had pandemic legacy and I just used it to play regular pandemic and it had like cool cubes, but I mean, yeah, it's normal board, normal cards. Actually, I don't think, even think the cards are that great, but. Yeah, I'll give it a four because, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, theme, I man, the theme doesn't really come through for me. Now, you do mention Pandemic Legacy. That's something else we'll have to talk about at some point. I mean, like, that's a totally different animal, you know? But anyway. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're just talking about generic Pandemic, not the fancy Legacy stuff. Yeah. yeah. As far as theme goes, I'm going to give it a three wrench because it doesn't, it doesn't feel thematic to me. It doesn't, I mean, there's tension, but it's because this puzzle is not going to work out the way you want it to work out. Yeah, I would probably give it even less than that, like a two, because I'm just not interested in that theme at all. I You could have just made this game about mechanisms. Like, hey, flip a card, take it off of space three. And, you know, it would have been the same thing to me. So it gets a two for me. Yep. Uh, fun factor, in present times, I'm going to give it like a one and a half or two. I mean, like, seriously, it's not fun at all to me. Uh, at the peak of it, maybe a four. Um, but it's the same puzzle that you do over and over again, you know? And I mean, I know there's expansions and the cards can flip out in different orders, but after you play this game enough times, you kind of start to understand like, okay, our priorities need to be A, B, and C. And then the other piece that really is bad about not just this cooperative game, but most cooperative games is the old quarterbacking issue. So I've played this game, you know, let's say 30 times to be conservative. And if I'm playing with some new players, well, it's going to be with new players because if players aren't new players, I'm playing something different with them. And <laughs> right, yeah. I'm going to be so <laughs> tempted to quarterback them, you know, and say, well, hey, in South America, like there's all these, you know, three, three disease cities. Let's get down there and, you know, see what we can do. And, uh, I don't know. So either I've got to be totally hands off and play poorly and let them have fun and play, or I've got to like, you know, or I'll just go solve the thing, you know? So I don't know. It's not a lot of fun for me anymore. I'll give it a, 
a four on fun only because the people that I played it with every time had a great time and I had a great time playing with them. So it's a fun experience, but I don't necessarily think the game is fun. So I, I it's like pit for me. The experience with the people were fun, but the game is just eh. Hey, now, have you played the other versions of Pandemic? And by that, I mean Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. I have. I played Forbidden Island a lot. I had probably 10, 12 times. Right. So I'm more familiar with that game. But yeah, it's the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I think Forbidden Island is a better game. I mean, I think Forbidden Desert, I don't know. I mean, like, I think a lot of people were really hot on that at one point, And it is a good game. The little, like, slider puzzle thing on it, it's pretty cool. But Forbidden Island, um, to me, like, it's got a little more theme to it even. That, hey, this island's sinking in the water. And it's, like, yeah, a, I agree. a simplified, quick version of Pandemic almost. So, I don't know. I almost feel like I like Forbidden Island better than Pandemic. Um, yeah, I would agree. I do like I do like the theme better for sure. The reason why it gets mentioned is because they're they're Matt Leacock games as well. So uh, my final wrench rating on this one's gonna be three wrenches, Jason. Yeah, that's about where I am. Most, I mean, I may give it higher if I played it more and I had more nostalgia for it, but I don't. So yeah, it gets a three. So I don't think this one should be in the Hall of Fame for contemporary games. But at the same time, I would agree. I think it needs like a special place somewhere saying that this is a game that, I don't know. Did we put Dominion in the Hall of Fame? No, we did not. So I think that like we need a Founding Fathers Hall or something and Pandemic and Dominion both belong in there because they definitely are influential games and they're definitely games that have shaped the culture of board gaming. But in the current day, there's just better options, you know? And I mean, I guess it comes down to what would you rather play? Yeah. And I mean, without both of those games, Dominion and Pandemic... So many other games wouldn't exist. Like Commission wouldn't exist. Right. Ascension wouldn't exist. So many other games would just games that I do love. Not yeah, right, right. Yeah. So they do have a place. They're just not I, yeah, I don't think they have a place for me. But for other people, if you love them, cool, go for it. It's just not for me. Yep. And maybe you one of you out there in the riveted has some kind of idea of what we should call our our honor place for games that do deserve some kind of honor, but maybe aren't going to be highly recommended by us in this day and age. Um, what do you think, guys? Uh, what's the name of it? Come up with something. I think you guys are better at naming stuff than we are. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, and they're going to have more time to ponder on it, too. <laughs> now, if, you, if you've if never played Pandemic and you can get a chance to play someone else's copy or if you get a chance to play this game, I'm going to say go ahead and play it. I'm giving it a three, which means it's perfectly fine. And I do own a copy of it. But I mean, if as far as if you're going to go out and spend your money today in this game market to build your collection, I would put Pandemic fairly far down the list of games that you should absolutely own. Yep. How do you feel about Pandemic The Cure, the dice game? Uh, I got rid of it. I didn't like it that much. It it was okay. I think I probably liked it a shade better than regular Pandemic, but I don't know. It's It's still like not that great to me. Yeah, that's where I am. I liked it better than Pandemic, but yeah, still don't feel the need to to own it pandemic iberia i think is a really good game i think it's better than base pandemic i haven't played rising tide yet um and legacy is you know kind of its own thing i don't i mean like i think pandemic legacy is a pandemic game because obviously they are the same mechanically but it's like i don't know that game shifts enough and that's what makes it really cool and interesting so i don't know i mean when the other thing too is like saying that we feel a certain way about pandemic anymore is really weird to say because there's so many different versions of pandemic anymore right yeah yeah i've only ever played base and cure so that's all i had to go by i haven't even played legacy yet so 
I don't know. The Cthulhu one's actually not too bad. Um, I didn't hang on to it very long, but um, that's for like on like, like my own personal reasons. But it plays like a super light, like Eldritch Horror or Elder Sign kind of game, almost really. So anyway, uh, that's Pandemic, I guess. Three wrenches, which means it's a suggested game, but it's not a Hall of Fame game. Yep, still good. Go check it out if you want. Jason, are you so hyped? Because I am so hyped. Oh, I'm so hyped. I'm just waiting for my boss to approve my time off. I'm so I'm so pumped right oh, now. How bad will it be if you don't get it? <laughs> oh, I'll call in sick. I'm getting those days off. <laughs> don't listen to this, boss. Don't listen to this. Which she won't, but just in case. Is there any chance you won't get the days? <laughs> no, probably not. I'm just waiting for them to get approved. This is me shooting a st- stupid plug into the universe. If you're like developing some kind of like game that's at least the quality of being put onto post-it notes and four by six like uh, index cards, go ahead and ship it to me and I'll review it. Because I mean, like I have all the time in the world right now. The perks of being a public <laughs> school teacher. So yeah, that that is nice. <laughs> well, and I actually did do my first review. I'm getting back into the review game. I think I found a style that's a little different than what's going on out there. So if you haven't seen it on our YouTube page, I just put a review up in the last week or so. Check it out. Give me some feedback on it. See what you think about it. Um, so far, it's been pretty well received. So anyway, back in the review game. Yeah, I'm in the review game. Still working on getting some stuff. I got some new technology, so we'll see if Ooh. maybe that will help. New technology. Yeah, I got a, a fancy camera and a new boom arm to hold that fancy camera. Wow, that'll be good. Yeah, I mean, it's not super fancy, but for me, it's fancy. Did you go I mean, to like camcorder or DSLR? I don't know what you're talking about, so probably uh, a webcam, oh. a fancier webcam. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, it's one that like uh, Kim uses and a lot of other people have been using it. So a Logitech? I'm gonna give it- yeah, it's a Logitech, so I'll see what happens with it. The one that has stereo sound on it. I don't remember the name yep. of it, number of it. Some like if you're man, if you're it's a, it's a C920. That's what okay. it is. Okay, I was gonna say if you're in the riveted and you know the number of this webcam, like off the top of your head, you should probably message us about being a part of our technical team. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I'm hoping I can get some better reviews out here shortly. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about what we came here. We to were talk excited about. about Jason getting a new camera. <laughs> All right, yes. that's been a good show, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> So what we're really excited about is Origins. Two weeks. Two weeks and we're coming. Two weeks. Less than when the show drops. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's two weeks as of like right now. <laughs> so during Origins, I don't know, Jason, if this is going to happen. If this happens, it means we're having a good time, but we really love you guys. Or we're having an okay time and like we have some extra time left. But I'm hoping that we do a couple <laughs> shows like during the fest to kind of talk about what our impressions were that day. Um, because we'll have... Yeah, I mean, they may not be the most finely edited shows, and we may actually just go live or something. I don't know. But like, definitely during the con, we're going to have really great coverage. I mean, I'm sure of it. Between Facebook and doing some kind of audio drops, we're going to have amazing coverage. So um, Agreed. Take, pay attention. Yeah, I'm hoping to get some cool uh, de- um, designer or publisher interviews or whatever. Maybe we can video a playthrough of something. Yeah, there'll be some cool stuff coming. But I'm going to be a fan foremost and a reporter second. So, um, <laughs> yeah, agree, agree. <laughs> I, so I will definitely tell you what I've, what I came across, but, um, I know not many people are Midwest people. Like our last, I was looking at our most recent show downloads, a ton from Finland. Whoever you are in Finland, hi, you're probably not going to make it to Origins, but we'll share what's <laughs> happening there. Yep. We'll keep you in the loop. So Jason, go ahead. What are you excited about? 
All right, so there's one game that really caught my attention because it's by at least one guy who designed Marco Polo, and that game is called Coimbra. And I think you're pretty pumped for this one too, judging by some by some notes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, basically it's a dice placement game or a dice drafting game. But when you take the die, you're putting it in a cool little base, and it becomes your worker. So the die has your color on it, and you get to use it to just basically like you would a meeple or something to go collect resources on the board and take some cool actions. It actually looks a lot like Marco Polo, too. When I was looking at the board, there's like a little world you can travel around and then some tech trees and stuff. So I don't know a ton about it, but it does look amazing. Yeah, it, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh I'm not sure what's up with it, but the cover looks so amazing and it has pedigree. So I'm definitely looking forward to trying to play that one. And that's just a demo, I think, right? It's not for sale. Yeah, I think most of the games here at Origins are going to be demo, which kind of bites. But, oh, well, whatever. At least we'll get to play it and check it out. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jason, I, ha- I man, there's a lot of really interesting stuff coming out. But I'm going to definitely put Escape Plan on there. And this is, again, a demo pre-Kickstarter type thing. Um, that right. they're going to have there, but I would, I'm not, you know, I don't know that I would want to play a whole game of escape plan, but I want to see what it's all about because based on everything I've seen and heard, it's not a Vidal Lacerda game, but it's made by Vidal Lacerda. So I'm interested to see what is his next step. What's in his bag of trips, tricks. That's not, Hey, you can go to one of these nine places. Then these things happen. So, um, which he does so well, but just interested to see what's going on with that. Um, wish the guy was going to be there himself. I don't think he is because I would give that man a hug. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So Escape Plan by Vidal Lacerda is something I'm looking forward to playing. I think it'd be worth trying to check out. I imagine it'll be at the Eagle Griffin booth. Uh, but yeah, something to check out. Yeah, this isn't on the list, but I also think from Eagle Griffin, the Scarlet Pimpernel is going to be there. And I'm actually kind of interested in trying that one out as well because it's a game based on a book which is kind of interesting and i want to see how that pans out yeah yeah i think your wife will be way into it too Uh, yeah for sure all right but one that i am super pumped about because it's by one of my favorite designers danielle tashini and it is i'm going to try to pronounce this name because it's mayan uh teotihuacan i don't know it's real bad but it's also called subtitled the city of gods it's essentially a dice Sort of version of Zolkin. It looks like Zolkin. You're still trying to travel up the temple tracks. You're trying to collect resources, but you're doing it by rolling dice instead of putting your workers on the gears. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it'll be kind of cool too. The cover on this one looks really nice too. I'm just curious to play a few rounds of this and get a feel for it as well. Um, I'm not as big a fan as you are of, of that, uh, game series, but, uh, I think it's a rock solid series, and if they streamlined it and made it kind of cooler, then I might be a bigger fan. Yeah, the only thing I'm hesitant about a little bit is it's from NSKN Games, and their quality is not really the greatest. They make some good games, but they don't promote them that well, and they kind of do the stronghold games approach to um, uh, components. So I'm just hoping they're not because Zulkin has amazing components, and I just want this to live up to that same kind of look, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I get it. Like Zulkin does have amazing those big gears and all the detail. Way yeah, and cool. the way the board like folds and stuff is crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um well, I guess I'll go to my next one, Jason. Um I am pretty pumped about 
Century Eastern Wonders. Um, and it's not, oh, yeah. it's not that, like, I think it looks like it's going to be a big surprise or anything. I think we pretty well understand this game now, but I think this one's for sale, actually. So this is one of the ones that you can actually buy there. And it's a uh, Origins release, which I don't think, you know, people don't talk about the big Origins releases when they have awards come out and stuff. So it's kind of <laughs> right, cool. Yeah. I think, I think the uh, original Century, like Spice Road came out at Origins last year, if I remember right. So, or it did. Yeah. And it sold out by like Friday. Yeah. So I think Eastern Wonders looks pretty cool. I'm not sure still how it incorporates the other game with it. And then I've heard two different places that there's actually going to be more in this series yet. So I don't know. It's like almost someone had a huge idea in their head and they release it in modules. So I think that I'm excited about the potential of how it works with the other game, but I'm also excited just to see what's up with it. Yeah, I watched, uh, I think Tom Vassell did a preview for this when he was at Plan B. Yeah, and it, it's essentially Century Spice Road, but you're traveling your boat around collecting resources to fulfill contracts. And I think that's a little bit of a cooler mechanism. And I think the Century Spice Road can be used as an action you can take on the land. So you can go do some trading on the land before you get on your boat. So it only incorporates hmm. the cards, I think, from Century as a part of the new game. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, but still, that's kind of cool that you can get more use out of your other part of your game. Yeah, I agree. It is cool. And like the thing that I absolutely hate is when a game comes out that's like, hey, I know you spent 40 of your hard earned American lovely dollars on this game but here's the slightly tweaked better version of it that came out eight months later for 41 dollars, and it has twice the game in it i don't know so i don't think they're necessarily right, doing that yeah. with this i think it's enough of a new unique game um and the fact that you can incorporate other stuff is pretty cool Play, and playing b hasn't had a bad game yet i mean i just they haven't yeah i agree i think there's gonna there's at least gonna be a third one i thought i don't know how many they're doing after that but i know there is a third one coming yep all right, so um, my next game is by Emperor S4. They did Hanamakoji, Shadows in Kyoto. They do a bunch of little little box Japanese games that they bring to America. And this game is called Roundhouse. So what it is, is essentially it's a rondelle. The house is a rondelle that you're moving your workers around to collect resources to fulfill contracts. I watched Rado play it, and I still don't really know how it plays. I think I fell asleep, but we'll keep that to myself. <laughs> And the intimate audience we have here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they have great artwork. Their games are usually rock solid. So I'm really interested to check this one out and see how it plays because I love a good rondelle. Yeah. I I saw this and I thought, hey, this looks like Jason's got a game. Yes, for sure. Yeah. All right. So my last one here, Jason, there's some other games that I thought were kind of cool, but I thought it would be more fun for me to... And you can chime in on this too when you want to. Um, the full list of like nominees for these games is up, but the, the Origins Awards are notorious for being late compared to other awards. So like the Spiel Awards that were announced are games that none of us have been able to play in the States. Well, Origins is the exact opposite. That, that show happens in May <laughs> and they do awards yeah. from like the year before. You know what I mean? So it's like some of these games are pushing two years old. Um, but their game of the year. Uh, they had Lorenzo, Great Western Trail, and Gloomhaven um, were amongst the nominees. And my prediction is Gloomhaven's going to win that one. I mean, just because it's been such a big game. Uh, right. If it doesn't, I'll be surprised, especially going up against Lorenzo and Great Western Trail. I mean, those are good yeah. games, but Gloomhaven's number one on BGG. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, it's going to be hard <laughs> to beat that. And, like, I can't believe these are – yeah, I mean, like, Gloomhaven feels like it's been out forever now. It really does. Yeah. Well, and then, like, the card game of the year. Uh, Fox in the Forest, Hero Realms, and Aeon's End. 
Uh, I think Anzen wins. I honestly, I, I've not played it, but I think it's so people who love that game absolutely love it. And I hear that it's a, a shame that it hasn't gotten more played than it has, that it's just a really interesting game. Um, but Hero Realms is rock solid. Fox and the Force is rock solid. So I would think it would be one of those three. Um, and there were a bunch of other ones that were, you know, nominated too. So if it was outside of those, yeah. I'd be shocked. I'm going with Fox in the Forest. I played that once, and that is a pretty rock solid game. I like for that two one. players exclusively. It's great. Yeah, it really is. It's fun. And then for collectible games, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Star Wars Destiny. And Star Wars Destiny Awakenings is the one that is in this one. So again, it feels pretty old. <laughs> Isn't that the first one? Uh, I think Spirit of the Rebellion or Awakenings, one of the two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But at any rate, I don't know, man. I think. It's hard to beat Magic the Gathering, but Destiny, like if they're giving the awards based on the impact they made two years ago or however they do their awards, I, I feel like <laughs> Destiny's got a shot, you know? So I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, especially since it was new, like it was a new direction for collectible card games. It kind of took Dice Masters and Magic the Gathering and mixed them together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for innovation's sake, I, I think it should go to that one for sure. It, I probably like Magic better, but. Destiny will probably win. They'll give the award to it posthumously. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I think Magic the Gathering wins. Cause I mean, just, I don't know. How are you going to beat Magic the Gathering? Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's the granddaddy of all those games for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then family games, Sagrada, Azul, and Bunny Kingdom were my three picks on that one that I thought, Hey, those are cool games. And Azul is just going to take it. I mean, it, it has to. I don't know, man. People love Sagrada, and I think Sagrada is, yeah, Azul gets a lot of love, but I think Sagrada also gets a lot of love. Just people aren't as enamored with it anymore because it's a little older. Yeah, and I think, well, the other thing, too, though, is I think that both those games, I don't know, I think Azul is going to be the one that's around in a couple years. I think Sagrada was like, ooh, it's pretty, and it's so out of print because Floodgate Games made six copies <laughs> right, of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think... Sagrada is a fine game, but you and I have talked about this before. There's no reason to own Sagrada. I mean, you can go out and buy Role Player instead and be very much happier, I think. But well, Sagrada Sagrada looks prettier, but outside of that, yeah. Well, yeah, and then that's a, that's another one of the honorable mentions. I've got a few honorable mentions here, Jason. So go ahead and chime in on these, or if you have anything that you were thinking about, jump in here too. But um, the expansion for role player is available for sale there. And it's been in the States for a little while now, but I think it's the first time I'll see it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Age of, our Endeavor Age of Sale is going to be there. That game to me, the uh, Kickstarter was really interesting to me, but it just feels like, I don't know, there's not anything really new or innovative in it. It doesn't feel like, and, f- and in fact, it's a remake of a game that Z-Man did a couple years back. So I just, I don't know. I'm, it doesn't appeal to me too much. Um, but that's going to be there to demo. Uh, totally liquid does appeal to me a ton, but the, oh, the yeah. thing about it me is too, cause I backed that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and I'm not super excited about it cause it's like, I already own this game and I'm just waiting for my right, copy yeah. to arrive. So, and right, I mean, like, yeah. I think we've gotten to see a lot of what that game's going to offer. I, I'm interested to see what totally liquid adds to it. Jason, this is one that like, I don't know. I feel like you're going to geek out about is Merlin's for sale oh, finally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love this game. Everything that I've seen of it, the theme is cool. Well, for a Stefan Feld game, it essentially has no theme, but the theme that they slapped on it is cool. And I want to try to get there Thursday, bright and early, to snatch me up a copy of this bad boy. Yeah, I'll play your copy happily, but I don't think I'm going to end up picking this one up myself because I'm going to save my money for 
Um, Schmidt's Sausage House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that place is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a board game, but it's rather a restaurant in Germantown. So if you're looking board for ga- some delicious <laughs> bratwurst, go to Germantown in Columbus and check out Schmidt's Sausage House. Board gamers need food, too. Uh, so, yeah. And it's a buffet, I, I so like those it. poor people. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to know what hit them next in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. No, Schmitz is awesome. I think it's definitely worth going to. And they're like, okay, so here's the part that's insane about Schmitz. They have really good sausage, obviously, because they're a sausage house. But their cream <laughs> puffs are like the size of a toddler's head. Yeah, so, they are. Uh, anyway, uh, that's where we'll do a meetup one of these days at Schmitz Sausage <laughs> House. Not even to play games, just to eat food. Yeah, and learn how to give each other the Heimlich. <laughs> uh, yeah. One last game I do want to mention, though, that's going to be back in print, is Atlantis Rising. This game is a co-op game, so I mean, it's not going to be your thing necessarily, Jason. But it seems like a cool co-op, because um, it's actually a worker placement kind of push-your-luck co-op. So um, pretty cool. You're trying to build this machine to save Atlantis, and so you're getting resources to throw into this machine, basically, to make it better. And some of it sticks and some of it doesn't kind of thing. So um, I don't know. It looks pretty cool for a co-op, for sure. Yeah, there's a little game store in my neighborhood. I mean, it's little. It has, like, maybe two shelves of games. And they actually had the out-of-print version in there. Last time I was in there, maybe a couple months ago. And they wanted $30 for it. That's it. What? $30. Yeah. And I, I heard Z Garcia. He talks about it all the time. He This is one of his favorite co-op games. And I was like, man, I need to get this because he, he loves this game. But then I just didn't want another co-op game that I wouldn't play. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the second printing is going to have anything better in it or not. But, I mean, like, it's going to be out and available. So, uh yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, Schmidt Sausage House, the tycoon game <laughs> that's coming out. So. <laughs> yeah well anyway Schmitz. anything else that was hard to keep off your list jason uh, i'm trying to think i looked at that like a while ago and if it wasn't five minutes ago i'm not going to remember um jason used I to think- gig around in a band that's what he's that's what he's yeah. hinting at for you guys <laughs> yeah i can't remember anything um if they have kids on bikes I want to see how that looks or what that's like. Yeah. I'm not into RPGs, but that's interesting to me. I'm not sure when my hard copy is supposed to get here or that, but I did get the PDFs of it, and it's really rock solid. Really rock solid. So pretty cool. Uh, Gray Fox Games doesn't really make bad games, like in my opinion, either. And they're going to have true. City of Gears there, which looks pretty cool. Um, it's an older game, but I think they're republishing it. Um, so that'll be cool. Um. There's, I thought that was, I thought that was just on Kickstarter. Yeah, may, might be, but, um, I know that they're going to be doing demos of it there and it's, and it's Gray Fox doing it now. So, right. oh, that's and cool. Dice Settlers, that was in Kickstarter or it might still be on Kickstarter actually, but that one doesn't appeal to me a ton, but it's definitely going to be there. Root was on Kickstarter. It's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Root's cool. That's the vast people. Yeah, yeah. And the art's really cool on it. Yeah. I like that one. So. I think that we got all the big hitters there, Jason. Uh, what did we miss? What are you guys looking forward to? That's the question. Tell us on Facebook. <laughs> I'm looking forward to not have thunder in the recording. That would be nice. <laughs> oh, is it is it storming pretty bad in your spot? <laughs> yeah. You can probably hear it. Like right before I said that, you could probably hear thunder if you go back and listen to it. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, speaking of that Vast, cool. the Mysterious Manor is going to be there too to play demos of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, 
I know how to play Vast pretty well, so I think I could just plug in and play that one, but that's pretty cool. I, I played Herbaceous last weekend, too, and the dice game of it will be there as well. Um, I think it's a dice game. The Sprouts, I think, is a dice game version of it. Um, Herbaceous yeah, is so. kind of a cool little game. It's really pretty. That's Dr. Finn, right? Steve Finn? Yeah, yeah. Well, and like Eduardo Baraf or whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I yep. just know like uh, Stephen put it out, and then the artist on there, she's really—I think it's a she. She's really become kind of uh, well-known artist in the in the uh, world of board gaming now too. Yeah, I thought that was the viticulture artist Beth Sobel or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that's correct. Yeah. Um. So, like we said, I think she did Arboretum too, which is crazy. Um. Anyway, if you are looking forward to something, go over to The Riveted, and that's another bit of news, too, www.theriveted.com. Uh, get you right to our kind of like forum that we have, basically, for all you guys. Tell us what we missed. Tell us what you're interested in seeing or finding out about. Um, I mean, like the hive mind. The hive mind is uh, a beautiful thing for all of us here to, you know, like learn from each other. And then, and then, uh, I don't know. Like, like I said, keep, keep paying attention. We're going to have some good content next week or the week that this show is happening. Yep. Agreed. June 13th through the 16th, right? Yes. Yes. I won't be there Sunday, but I'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And then if you're in the Columbus area for this show, we do have a meetup on Wednesday night. We're going to have upwards of a dozen people, maybe. Yeah, we have 21 people that said they're interested, so that's something. I mean, I'm actually pretty impressed by that. Yeah, I'm really excited. And everybody in the Riveted I've had a chance to meet or talk to IRL is just as awesome in real life as you guys are on the boards and stuff. So um excited about that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. All right, Jason, I'm out of things to say. All right, I have a couple things. Um Go check out Wisdom of Solomon on Kickstarter. It's by our boy Philip DuBerry. And give that game some love if you're into Bible themes or worker placement games. Um, if you want to see how it plays, I have a video on the page. You can watch it. And also, Katie did a video for That's What She Said with her top 10 party games. So if you want to see some party games, go look at that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is something that I probably will put at the top of the next episode. But we're probably going to be looking at some shifts with um, our RSS feed and with our websites. So if you don't see shows popping up every week, it's not that we stop making shows. It's that maybe the RSS feed changed a little. So you may have to resubscribe. I hope not. But on the worst case scenario, if you're like, man, those guys just quit recording. We didn't. We're still recording. We're still putting episodes up. It's just we're changing our RSS feeds. Our web addresses um, are going to be a little more official looking and better. So we're trying to upgrade some stuff. But in the meantime, when you when you grow, there's definitely pain sometimes. So you've got to kind of strip away the old to put in the new. So if you find that our websites are blacked out or anything like that, just bear with us. We're doing the best we can to try and get them switched over. And it should be a better experience for everybody once we're finished with that. Agreed. Yeah. It'll be nice to have a board game mechanic listed on everything. That'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. And may the games be with you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say peace out, but sure. May the games be with you works. <laughs> ah! 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 Ah!
We don't have a password. Uh, so we had plenty of passwords last episode. Just pick one of those and say it again. <laughs> yeah. And I've decided everyone's yeah. like some kind of gravestone now. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Your pick. It's uh listener's uh, pick today. I mean, and if, this week. if you're not feeling it, a, su- a strong suggestion for me would be um, a gravestone with the name Schmidt on it. And if you can find one that has sausage too, awesome. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, yes, that would be awesome. R.I.P. Mike Schmidt. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Sh- you can you can you can probably Photoshop some sausage on it. Really, I'm pretty sure Mike Schmidt's Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt's still out there kicking. So, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he's actually going to be at Origins. I think he's demoing his new game, Mike Schmidt's Ballpark <laughs> Manager Boy. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I would play it. Yeah. All right, our most fun 10 seconds happened after we said goodbye. Like always. Yep. (laughs) See ya. Later.